Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Rap and hip hop music were born from the struggles of people living in the inner city, or shall I say the inner city. And it has become the biggest genre of music in this country and second in the world. Did you know that? But now rap lyrics written by artists are being used against them in a court of law criminal cases, mind you. And while many are against this, others believe that if rap artists are bold enough to admit to crimes in their rhymes, they should suffer the consequences and do the time. So should rap lyrics be used in court? Let's get down to rap business. The business of being black today is rap lyrics. Please welcome entertainment attorney, Sophia Stanley. Hi, Sophia. Hi, everyone. Criminal defense attorney, Bruce Rivers. Hi, attorney Rivers. Hello, how you doing? Good. Artist and entrepreneur, Warren Lack of Flaws Griffin. Hi, Lack of Flaws. How you guys doing? How you guys doing? Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. And media pop culture analyst, Jaye Davon. Hi, Jaye. Hello, how are you? I want to kick things off with you. Why should Black people care if rap lyrics are used in the court of law? I think they should care because uh, rap lyrics, I believe that even though I think it goes into the discussion of separating the art from the artist. Um, and so we're, we're we're seeing that with R. Kelly. We're seeing it with Kanye West. We're seeing it with different artists. And I think that they should care because it is a poignant and relevant conversation to be had. And so I think that it's necessary to care because it frameworks, I hope, the way that we move in, in certain spaces and as artists. Um, and so I think that that's really important. And I do believe and I think we'll you know unpack that. But I do believe that they should be admissible um, in court. And I'm excited that we have attorneys here um, because I want to hear that, you know, that vantage point from from the law schematics. Lack of flaws. Please talk to me. Why should black people care if rap lyrics are used in the court of law? Black people have to care because we're the only race that's having this happen. Like very cut, short and sweet. This isn't happening to in any other genre of music and this isn't being uh, used against any other race in the world so you're so saying they're totally not using country issue. songs against uh, no, uh, uh no. against people in court they're not using no. pop songs they're not using opera in a court of law <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly if, if a guy if a guy writes a country song about driving drunk they aren't going after him mm, they, they aren't going after him. okay they, just just as a point of reference all right uh, uh attorney stanley i see you nodding in agreement a hundred percent. And I'm going to add one more layer to that. So arguably similar to blues, R&B, gospel, jazz, rap music and rap lyrics is the imaginative rhythmic language in which we as Black people express ourselves. It allows us to express our hopes, our dreams, and often our harsh reality. So to police our imagination is to in essence, police who we are. And so I think it speaks fundamentally to who we are as a democracy, but more importantly, our democratic stance or position in America. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Attorney Rivers, why should black people care if these lyrics are used against them in court? Well, I think everybody should care. Um, and it should be, it shouldn't have a chilling effect on an artist to worry about if you're, if you're, if your creativity is going to be used against you in court. But where this really comes into play and where it's really being used right now is mostly drill. You know, the hardcore, uh, you know, murderous rap lyrics. It, you know, you can see it in uh, Young Thug and uh, and with uh, uh, Y.N.W. Melly. Both of those are cases they're trying to use their rap lyrics in court. And in fact, in Thug's case, they, the judge, when he was uh, just recently, when he was instructing the jury, I saw that he he read the lyrics in open court. Uh, the judge, you know, blah blah blah, whatever is so. And everybody should care. And but they're a statement of a party opponent, so they are part of the statements of somebody who's on trial for X, Y, or Z. How can you say that rap lyrics are truth? 
versus creativity and uh, imagination. I mean, artists take liberties all of the time. That's what being a creative is all about. So if I were to say, hey, I shot the sister in the red dress yesterday, <laughs> came back and now, you know, like, does that really mean I shot the sister in the red dress today? Well, Did if I there was a red dress. Up with a story, much like a movie or a book. Correct, and I, and I agree, there's gotta be a balancing test. But if the, if a, a gal in a red dress got shot yesterday and the person is in that vicinity and it's corroborated, it becomes uh, it, something that they said and they can use it against you in court. I, and I'm gonna jump in and say- I see you wanna jump in? I 100%, I adamantly disagree. And I'm gonna use a comical example. It's like reading your horoscope, right? Your horoscope, you're gonna go, oh my God, that makes sense to me. And then if the horoscope says, tomorrow you're gonna to meet an, uh, a man with a B name, and then the next day I end up meeting attorney Bruce, I go, ooh, the horoscope is right. No, it's because there's fundamental tenets to, to, to art, right? There's fundamental bars that are used. There's fundamental language words that we all use, right? In, in the scope of language, we only actually use 10% of words. Specifically in rap music, if in essence you're talking about the same cultural construct, there's going to be certain things that we're all going to say. So I'm Jamaican. So when I go, I'm not actually shooting anything. It's a, it's a literal expression of the fact that I'm happy, not actually that I'm shooting bullets. And so I say that to say that no, expression is antithetical to reality. Reality or actions, right? So if someone does something, that's one thing. But if someone simply talks about someone in a red dress or in a black dress, that's going to be what? 25% of women when they go out on a particular night? Unless the lady wrong. in the red dress was shot today, Sophia. Then there should be actual evidence of a witness that, saying that they saw the person. Exactly. And that exactly. Be Lack go of ahead, flaws, no. go ahead. So no, Sophia just hit the nail on the head. Like they're they're it's all about how much you want to leverage. If you want to tell me that a person said something in a song, cool, no problem. But once you don't have other evidence and you're using this as a primary foundation to say that a person committed a crime, you don't have enough. Like you just don't right. have enough at that point, in my opinion, because that's circumstantial. Number one, there's too many stories out right now about artists who don't even write their own material. So how are you going to hold something that a writer, that an artist and, said against so them they may not have even wrote it? Flaws, I, I, I can I, I knew that that was going to come up in the discussion about writer, uh, about um, artists Most who don't writers. write their own material. And that's true. But at the end of the day, the moment that you assume the lyric, that you assume the content, you are then almost the progenitor of that. You're endorsing those words or that. Content. But you, but you don't hold really but you don't hold you don't hold Denzel Washington to being Alonzo in training day. Well, I can, no, I can no, that's his, that's his art. That's his art. That's his content. He didn't write it. So okay, he, so he let's assumed, say. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I just want to okay. make sure I understood what you said. Okay. He assumed, he assumed that role. Correct. He portrayed it to the public. So he owns that. But we don't hold actors in that light. We don't hold any other art form in that light. Only rap. And that's my problem. But but I, I can agree with you that but that's like he's he's acting in a role. And so then we're almost saying I believe that our words, though, are intentional. And usually an artist, I would hope they are exhibiting their own life. They're telling their life story or their feelings or their emotions. It's not really a character um it's your we'll use uh beyonce with lemonade she really explained what had happened that was her life and so i just think but we that, actually don't know that we well, don't know that to be true we don't know that to just be a story i mean right? we don't know that to be true we don't know that jay-z cheated on beyonce that's what we all infer but flaws said something flaws said something Go ahead, that, attorney flaws said something that makes that he was really right on something when he says there's got to be more to it. There's got to be something more. It can't just be your words. And, and that's the way it is in law. I, I successfully kept some of this out in my last trial, but there's got to be more than just some salacious words to be bad character evidence against the accused. It has to be something more to corroborate that 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 this is part of a real event rather than just this is the opinions of this artist. 
So um, Flaws makes a very good point when he says, listen, we don't hold Denzel Washington accountable for the scripts that he's handed out. I want to take it a step further. Uh, do we hold artists? And by artists, I mean those who draw uh, portraits, those who take portraits. Do we hold them accountable if we see some artist uh, painting a man uh, strangling a woman or a woman strangling a man or whatever that particular uh, art may be? Do we hold him accountable, him or her accountable in a court of law? Is that plausible, uh, Attorney Bruce? Well, th think about it this way. If somebody's on, you got, you got to, they have to be on the hook for something in order for them to bring it into court, right? So if, if somebody wrote a book, you know, about an experience and it matches, you know, it would be the words coming from the person. But if it's just, if it's just general art and it's no relation to a real event, uh, then I don't see how it comes into court. That, that, that reminds me, did a woman just go to jail who wrote a book called How to Kill Your Husband and Get Away With It and then she was found guilty of killing her husband? I think, I want to have my producers look that up. I think that happened. Um, but uh, how, go ahead, Sophia. No, uh, two, two things. Um, Attorney Bruce keeps saying on the hook. I think we need to say on trial, but we're forgetting the presumption of innocence, right? Yes. So again, the presumption of innocence is where we must start, number one. Number two, Ironically, I think what we're doing is we're separating rap and we're actually excluding it from art. It is the most artistic expression. It has alliterations, it has analogies. It's it's not it's not autobiographical. It's not having a conversation with Barbara Walters, God rest her soul. It's literally your expression of how you see the world. And it, it's not a one for one. It's it's not a manifesto, it's an expression. And so again, to the lemonade point, no, I presume that was Beyonce as Beyonce the artist, right? So again, you have Beyonce the person, wife, mother, so forth and so on. Hold that Beyonce thought, Sophia. Let's go to a quick commercial break and come right back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack, and the Business of Being Black today are rap lyrics. Should they be used against an artist in a court of law? Now, earlier I talked about a woman who uh, was sentenced for killing her husband, but also wrote a book titled how to murder your husband a jury in portland convicted a self-published uh, romance novelist who wrote an essay titled how to murder your husband of fatally shooting her husband four years prior and uh, now I i'm not sure if they use the book against her in a court of law or not but the book is a romance novel and romance novels are typically uh fictional works so would it be um would it would would it be culpable to use it in a court of law, Sophia? I think I think it's a similar analysis. So the similar analysis is: is there other evidence that literally would make it make sense? So again, you can't you can't offer it first. You have to have a witness. You have to have um, evidence. You have to have a motive that they were possibly going through a divorce. It was heated and so forth and so on. Once you have then established that there is a presumption that there has been a crime committed by that individual, then and only then can you bring in other things such as whether or not it's a, a book that someone wrote, um, journal entries that they wrote on their computer, notes, so forth and so on. And so I think that when we view it in that larger guise, that's acceptable. But to literally limit out simply the art and have the art lead, I think that should never, never be admissible. Right. Um, so it was actually an essay, not a book. I want to uh, stand corrected on that. Uh, ultimately, the judge excluded the essay from the trial noting that it was published in 2011. A prosecutor, however, alluded to the essay's themes without naming it after uh, she took the stand so you know the prosecutors sort of found a way around that but the judge saying nope we can't use them which is completely opposite of what happened in young thugs case attorney bruce when you mentioned that the judge actually read the lyrics from the book um in essence as evidence so you want to speak to that jaye yeah, I, I, I've been sitting and thinking, and like I said, I'm so happy that we have attorneys here because I believe in speaking on what Lyrics you know. from the song, not the you book, know. the yeah, song. Yeah, right. Um, so I, what I kind of want to ask, actually, is like, 
So if a QAnon pro QAnon person was like, yo, Jews won't replace us, something, 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 and something, something, and then goes and acts out accordingly, I think that that could be permissible as evidence in court because you said said thing. And so in Young Thug's case, he's saying F the judge and F the this and F the that. And I, I'm not adept all the way to what he's actually uh, convicted for. I've been trying to do my research before this. Um, but I think that it, it at least should be permissible so you can hold account to it. And so you can defend yourself. That's and I think attorney Stanley said uh, the presumption of innocence. So you can defend your art in, in that space. But I think that is, it's a fine but, but, line. But that's, but that's unfair. That's unfair, Jay. How that's so? unfair because you just said we have to defend our art. Give me any other artist that has to defend what they've made. Well, I think that it should be for anyone. So I, I can agree with you in, in the stance of that it's only happening in the rap space. Flaws, I do want to talk to you, Flaws, about rap and hip hop music. Um, why is it that rap and hip hop face so much scrutiny? I mean, people say that the, the genre is facing scrutiny today, but let's face it, hip hop since the inception, since Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five have faced scrutiny. Why is that, Flaws? The honesty. Honestly, in my opinion, it's the honesty that hip hop brings to the table. Hip hop speaks, especially when you talk about traditional hip hop. You know, it really hones in and speaks to um, the struggles that were going on in the inner cities that you spoke about. What was going on in these ghettos? What was going on in these neighborhoods? It talked about the impact of crack. It talked about you know the impact of uh, of the uh, the different laws that were put in place. And all of these things can be traced back to trying to keep black people in a particular place and only allow black people to get so high up. I do want to, um, I do, the, you make an excellent point, the honesty. So if we're going to accuse rappers or hip hop artists uh, of being culpable for whatever it is they say in their lyrics, if we're gonna believe what they say, then why doesn't America believe what they say? So when they say the police come after me for nothing, when they say, um, hey, my brother got shot by police walking in the store, like why do we pick and choose what we believe when a hip hop artist says it versus believing it all or taking it all as just storytelling? But wh which way are we gonna have it, Jaye? I, I mean, you make a, you, that's why I was nodding. You make a really good point um, on that. I believe that, uh, I, I do believe that art forms are being attacked. I absolutely can completely agree with that. Um, that said, I still do believe that, uh, I believe that the um, uh, the district attorney for Young Thug's case said that she believes in freedom of speech, but also, that you. I, I believe also that your freedom of speech does have some weight it holds some weight and you have to be accountable for the words that you say and so that's why i do think that everything should be included we shouldn't pick and and select and choose so, so can i ask a question but, here guys and I, and I want to ask everybody a question here because has everyone here said something either on social media or said something at a party or something that they wish they could take back not me. I never have. I've never said anything. Never? Ne never, never once, Mr. Rivers? If you, okay. If you believe that, I got a bridge to say. <laughs> exactly. so, Not I. So, so, so that's the case. How many of you, that's why you have to, when you are charged, and also, Jay, I wanted to also say, Young Thug has not been um, convicted of anything today. He's been charged, but he has right. not been convicted right. of anything. Right. right. So just to, well, just to clarify. Well, what they're doing in uh, Thug's right. case what they're doing in Thug's case is they're using the song itself as an act in furtherance of the conspiracy. So, it, go ahead. I'm, I need to interject this. Can we stop calling him Young Thug? Young Thug technically is not on trial, right? What's his, what's his legal given name? Gregory Williams, right? Mr. Gregory Mr. Williams is on trial, am I correct? Or is Young Thug on trial? What, what, what is the, what is Listen, if we versus... say Gregory Williams, no one will know. No one's gonna know. Do you see how important Sophia. that is? But That's do you see how important name. that is? Simply by calling him Gregory Williams, now he's a real human being. Okay, in Gregory Williams' case, 
they're they're using his song that he sang as an act in furtherance of their conspiracy, which I thought was remarkable. It's it's listed in the indictment, and the judge was reading these horrific uh, lyrics to the, to probably most Lily, Lily White jury, and uh, you know. I just found it more prejudicial than probative of anything else. And that's really what the standard is. Uh, you know, can you connect it to a real event? And if you can't, is it more prejudicial than probative? And I think that that I'm going to tag on to the last thing that the attorney Bruce said. Is it more prejudicial? And I think that Flaws was also alluding to this. The, the problem is, is that, and I think, Tammy, you made an excellent point. It's, it is, they do not want to hear the honesty of the reality that we live in a racist society. We live in an environment where they don't want us as black people or brown people or disenfranchised people to literally articulate that the system is corrupt in a way that allows people to imagine and escape their reality, even if it's only for a moment. When you're able to escape your reality, then you're able to be enlightened. That's why you have individuals like Jay-Z, who's now a billionaire, who's able to create foundations and so forth and so on. Um, artists such as Rihanna, who has foundations who are changing the world. Once we literally can say, I'm not alone, and literally within the collective imagination, because again, the reality is real, but my expression is different. So for instance, I'm going to use this point. If I say to my pretend boyfriend, I'm going to kill you. That to me should 100% be different than me writing a poem or me writing in my journal an alliteration of, because I feel small, sometimes I wish that my boyfriend would disappear. If now my boyfriend disappears, should that be used, right? There's a difference between a direct statement of fact as me as a person versus the artistic expression. But the question I becomes, the question becomes, does your boyfriend disappear? Because if he disappears, we probably need to see what's in the journal. That's right. And I and I and I again disagree. I only think if there is previous evidence. If you have other situations, yeah. Exactly. Attorney Stanley, are you trying to tell us something? Then you bring it in. Right. Um, and I want to make sure that Young Thug's name is Jeffrey Lamar Jeffrey, Williams. Jeffrey. Thank you, so, Jeffrey Williams. So, uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. And the Business of Being Black today are rap lyrics. Should they be used in a court of law? Now, we say rap lyrics, but I'm really, I, I think we, we all may be a little confused by what the law is. Is it all forms of art? Is it all forms of music, genres of music? Or is it literally just hip-hop music? Who can answer that question? Maybe one of the attorneys can give us that. I, I think, I don't mean to jump over anybody, but I think it's, I think it's largely not all rap music. It's largely drill. That's where this is really coming into play because we, I, I have a thing, you know, I've coined a phrase called self snitching and, and they're using this as kind of a self snitching. I have, I've had two cases where I've had to argue to keep out uh, videos or, you know, rap lyrics that, uh, that they were trying to use against my client. And I was successful at doing it because they weren't really connected to real events. And and because if, if they're not connected to real events, then they're just really bad character evidence, and you can't do that to a defendant. So there are times that the lyrics can't be used, but obviously in Georgia they have decided that rap lyrics can be used. But I'm all I'm confused because I I keep hearing rap music, hip hop music, even if it's drill, that's a form of hip hop, right? Um, but but does that include R&B music? Because, you know, let's talk about R. Kelly when uh, Surviving R. Kelly came out, which I think is still going, if I'm not mistaken. I, I was turning on the TV the other day and I was like, we still surviving R. Kelly. Um, but he has some questionable lyrics in his music. So that's R&B. I mean, um, I was listening to Rick James. He had some questionable lyrics and he, he had a whole song called 17. Um, and, and I was listening to, believe it or not, uh, <laughs> new edition, some questionable lyrics in the music. And so I wonder if it is every genre of music that we are 
pinpointing or is it only hip hop and is it only hip hop because in hip hop it's the only genre of music that brags about violence Tammy I'm actually glad that you brought that up I just want to jump in not to cut you off attorney Stanley but I, I I'm glad you brought up the surviving R. Kelly, because I watched part three uh, maybe two days ago. And as I was watching it, I'm like, oh, wait, no. And the Tom Joyners of the world said, we turned a blind eye. His lyrics are a blueprint of what the accusers said that he did. And I, I'm almost curious, and maybe that's for the attorneys here, if that would have been admissible or or placed into court, it was really truly the blueprint and the framework of what he allegedly and has been indeed convicted for to these women like album after album and so i think that that is a different genre it's not rap it's r&b and i think that it's uh i mean keith sweat has a song that says you may be young but you're ready (laughs) you're ready i don't think that's okay that was jeffrey epstein's favorite song Mm. Oh, oh, attorney. Go ahead, attorney Stanley. So so there's a difference between something being obscene versus something being illegal in the expression of the statement, right? So in those instances, there was evidence that articulated that R. Kelly was illegally having sex with individuals who could not consent because they were underage, right? And so there again, there's still an expression. And this is why it's, it's tricky. Mm-hmm. A lot of us, even though possibly we shouldn't, and shouldn't is again subjective, we're still listening to R. Kelly, right? So does that also make us culpable? Have we completely canceled? When 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 Step in the Name of Love comes on, do we stop stepping? I stop stepping. I will say that. I just had the well, conversation with well, my I applaud I'm you like, I, I'm unsubscribed. Flores, how do you feel about this? Get in on this conversation here. It's really a tough, it's really a tough balance because there are people who morally don't want to support R. Kelly, the person. And I think the biggest issue with the R. Kelly side of it was his music was so closely linked to what he was convicted for, his his sexual perversion. So I I think if R. Kelly would have got convicted for drug trafficking, people would still play his his love-making music for the next, you know, 100 years. So I think it was really just his perversion being linked to his art. But in music, if you grow up in a hard neighborhood, going back to the young thug topic, you're going to speak about what you experienced and what you've seen. And it may not always be something that you did. It may be something that someone around you experienced. It may be stories. And that's the creative license that's supposed to be able to be taken. But it only becomes an issue when braggadocious, like you said, braggadocious rappers who are also waving guns and music videos and all of these things. But nobody has an issue when we have a Quentin Tarantino movie where a hundred people die. So it's like, we can't, we, we can't just hone in on hip hop. We have to be more balanced. Why do you believe that this is all about hip hop attorney, Bruce? Why, why us? Why our music? Well, each case has got to be taken on its own, I think. And, and it has to be litigated on a case by case by case basis, you know, prosecutors. So let me ask you this. Is it a violation of the first amendment to use rap lyrics uh, as evidence in court? No, no, it's a statement of a party opponent. So it's your own statement, your own doing whatever, but, and prosecutors like it because it really paints the defendant in a bad light because they wouldn't do it if it was just uh, rainbow and sunshine. Right. So it, they're using those hardcore, um, violent lyrics to try to paint, you know, the picture that they want of the defendant. And, um, and I was in, in it. And like I said, where it's more prejudicial than probative, it's gotta be kept out period. And I've been successful on the only two times that I've had a, a prosecutor do that. But it, it also like, like flaw said, and, and attorney Stanley said, it's got to be connected to some real event. You can't be convicted on your own statement alone. It's called corpus delecti. You have to you have to have something corroborating, you know, otherwise, like like Attorney Stanley said, it can't stand on its own. It's much like the red dress theory I gave at the beginning of this the story. If I'm rapping about murdering a lady in a red dress, it means absolutely nothing unless the lady in the red dress was murdered today, as I point out in my hip hop lyric. Right. And you are wearing red. 
I am. <laughs> but wait, but wait. But I also think it's very important that Attorney Stanley said when she mentioned it should never come first. It should never, like the lyrics should never lead the evidence. I do agree with that as well. I definitely do agree with that. Go ahead, Attorney Stanley. And, and also too, I, I, and I want to speak to to two things in particular. First of all, rap isn't the only genre that is braggadocious about violence. I think we're just more popular and we do it better. Okay, no, because no, Johnny Cash has cocaine, blues, right? And he's talking about snorting coke and shooting women. If we go through the genre of two specifically, country music and heavy metal. It, it is the epitome of violence. The difference is because hip hop beca- has become not the most popular, not only music genre, but has a cultural construct because it has empowered black people to speak up for themselves. That's the first part. The yeah, and part to is, also profitable uh, finance themselves, right? Yeah, profitable. Right? And, so and that profitable. finance is allowing us to have autonomy to, to create spaces where now we can literally think of something beyond the, the reality that we're in. And now we're speaking about highly enlightened traveling into space and things of that nature. And I think specifically why us, so on the federal level, if I'm correct, so on the federal level, they're they're proposing the RAP Act. And I think that is agnostic, i.e. it just says lyrics. However, California recently um, uh, um, put into law legislation, and that I think specifically does say I want to talk about that. California Governor Gavin Newsom signed mm-hmm. the Decriminalizing Artistic Expression Act, which limits the ways an artist's music can be used against them in court proceedings. So um, prosecutors, first of all, must show that the lyrics were written at the time or somewhere around the crime. Lyrics must have specific similarity to said crime or depict factual details about the crime otherwise unknown to the public. So uh, what are your thoughts on the limitation of how uh, music can be used in the court of law? How do you feel about that, Jaye? Um, I, I, I love uh, Mr. Newsom. I think he's a, a dope, dope guy. Um, but I, I, I really I, hope he runs for president, but OK. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but listening to everyone, I, I do want to ascertain that I do believe in the liberties and freedoms of artists. Um, Let me I, take some liberties and freedoms right now to go to a commercial okay. break because I am an artist, Jaye, believe it or not. Yes, ma'am. We'll be right back and get your thoughts on Business of Being Black. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. And the Business of Being Black today are rap lyrics. Should they be used in a court of law against an artist? We were just talking about Governor Gavin Newsom and the decriminalizing of a music that act that he has put into place in California. Jaye, you were talking about how you like this act. Yeah, I do. I do like the act. I do believe that there should be limitations. I love what both uh, Attorney Stanley and even Flaws said, it should not, like lyrics should not be the very first that like, okay, you're in court and here's what you said. Um, so I think that limitations, and I think that rules and guidelines and boundaries that protect the artists and art form is appropriate. I, 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 can, I can subscribe to that. Flaws, agree. how do you like this act that Governor Gavin Newsom in California has put into place? I thought, I thought it was a step in the right direction. And for the record, Anybody who's stupid enough, and I'm saying this to my artists, anyone who's stupid enough to, you know, lay themselves out and snell and self-snitch is, you know, that's on you. But your lyrics overall should not be used against you. And that's what I'm going to continue to fight for. Um, but I do believe this is a step in the right direction because you start diving into specifics. And, and when you think about it. Young Thug said, F the judge and the judge ready. Like, come on now. Like, that, if that's not prejudicial, yeah. I don't know what it is. That's, that's definitely, yeah. That, that, that's prejudice. That's straight out prejudice. That, that, that's what I I'm mean, saying. Like, that's ridiculous. That I, when I saw that, I was like, really? We just going to let the judge read that line? <laughs> that one. And, and anybody and anybody who lost in traffic court or something like that might have walked out of there saying F the judge too. So 
again, those people <laughs> who may have said that also well, don't NWA have to have said that. after police for years and years and years. It just it sounds so different coming out of the judge's <laughs> mouth, and it and it immediately puts the defendant in a in a guilty place. I mean, because when I heard the judge said it, like I was like, oh. Oh, that's not good. That's not good at all. <laughs> and, and, well, he, and he was reading. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, so thank you. No, so Tammy, to your point, not only is it prejudicial, it's also personal. And this is the problem is, again, we have to separate the, the person from the art form in the same way that the judge in terms of the role that they play is different than them personally. So, so the judge reading the lyrics was literally that you were personally offended, which is different than how does it have bearing on why the person is before you? It's 100% prejudicial. And specifically with the California law, what I thought was brilliant, and I'm going to read it so I don't get it wrong. The law would require judges to press prosecutors on the purpose behind including lyrics as evidence and interrogate whether doing so injects, quote, racial bias in the proceedings. And this is, I think, the fundamental essence of why I think so many of us, flaws and I included, are so adamant about this because it really is racially biased. They are looking at rap lyrics, regardless of whether or not it's drill or not. And they're basically saying, we are not, we are not going to literally look at the environment that you are talking about. Right. So the fact that that we are being gunned down in the streets, that it, it, we are disenfranchised, that they're rezoning laws so that we have no power and that we literally our vote doesn't count. Our artistic expression is being policed about that. However, the actual act of it is not. That fundamentally is a problem. And why? It's because literally at the end of the day, the policing of black voices, unfortunately, is fundamental to who we are as Americans. And I think Attorney Bruce, I really thought the judge should dismiss himself from the case after reading those uh, lyrics. It, it did seem very personal. Why yeah, were those lyrics read out loud by the judge? Why? He, he, he wasn't just reading those lyrics. I mean, the, the clip he saw was probably just a clip. He read the entire indictment. <clears throat> and the and though that and that is contained within the indictment that was signed by the grand jury and what he did and it should have been litigated ahead of time if it wasn't um because it is way more prejudicial and i i don't think you know i don't know whether or not those are connected to real events but but all the little all the elements that you talked about in in the california act are the things that I was advocating for, or that it's gotta be connected to a real event. It, it has to be close in time. Um, and what the judge in that case was doing, he was just reading the indictment and included in the indictment were those lyrics. And they were saying that that song was actually part of the uh, conduct uh, in furtherance of a, a conspiracy. Because, I mean, if I grew up in a situation where I'm always in court or my parents are always in court or a judge has my dad locked up for the rest of his life and I'm now fatherless, I might say F the judge. Right, right. I agree. I, and I think, I, it's, I think it's more prejudicial and it should have been litigated ahead of time. I'm going to be extremely honest. Uh, I'm a lawyer and spent a lot of money to go to law school. And I have on multiple occasions said F the judge. F the system, F every iteration, because it's the reality that I live in. Now, am I going to actually go out and carry that out? Right. I'm not going to. Right. And this is where it gets really tricky. And I'm going to try to figure out how to say this in a G rated. The literal definition of the F word. Is that what they're doing? Do you see where I'm going with this? He said F the judge. Right. So, right. But I think I'm, we, we're trying to be, PG. but I also think attorney that we understand that the F word is also slang for so, get so the hell away an, from that's, me. A, that's an iteration. That's an artistic iteration, what but not mean? an actual yeah. act of what you're doing. Correct. Go ahead. Floss. No, no, no. She's bringing up a good point. Like it's a, it doesn't even mean the same thing. So once again, this is what artists and people in the urban community in general, we have a way of taking something and making it something else. And then, but it, Go ahead, go ahead. But that statement wasn't said in isolation. It was said in conjunction with YSL, Slime Life, you know, you and, and it, all, the, all these other things about mob life and, and all the, and the different crimes associated. And so he wasn't just reading just that one word. He was reading well, a no, bunch I, of no, things. I, I completely agree. I completely yeah. agree that he was reading a lot of different lines in there. But my issue with the way that they did it is the, the lyrics are a big piece of this case. 
and yeah. they've locked they've locked these young men up for months at a time. They've leaned on these young men during that time. So now they're, they're gathering information because they were able to lock these black men up and hold them without bail for an extended period of time and then leverage people to start talking about information that they didn't even have to start this case. But it started yeah. with them being able to get people locked up off these lyrics. That's why this has to stop. And that's why you're saying, Flaws, you don't believe that the lyrics should lead the case. Exactly. Exactly. Because it gets these people locked up without bail for long stretches of time. And then these DAs and everybody get to work on them and all of that. Because being in prison and being locked up in county or none of that is not fun for anybody. But, but Listen, it's not if the... a song gives details of a crime that has not been shared outside of uh, police investigation, uh I mean, should it be admissible in court? I mean, listen, if you committed a crime and you sing about it, whether you're singing Whitney Houston style, whether you're singing Kelly Clarkson style, or whether you're singing uh, Young Thug style, should you be accountable for it? No, me being tapped in is not a crime. You need to prove that I did it, not prove that I know what happened. But the, the lyrics aren't what's getting these guys locked up, though. I mean, they're ancillary and they're and they're um, basically bad character evidence, really. I mean, look at NBA Youngboy. I mean, he got popped for, you know, having guns in his video. And, you know, I've had I've had young guys put all kinds of crap on social media and then it comes back to bite them in the ass. So, um but it, people it, it, use it, guns in movies. Like, why can't you use guns in videos? Well, you if you're a felon and you're not allowed to possess a firearm, you can't have one. Oh, there's so, but, that. But then we get into the conversation <laughs> of who said who said this wasn't a prop. Exactly. Well, right. It, well, they figured out later that it wasn't. But but and well, and but, the NBA Youngberg's got some good lawyers because they got a bunch of stuff suppressed in that case. Uh, and he's still. The, sorry, sorry, but that's the argument. It's the presumption. It should be the presumption that it's fake, right? We 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 live in a Hollywood world right. where even your IG isn't always real, right? right? So again, a music video on an IG is an iteration of your brand, which is different than you as an individual person. So the presumption should be, especially if they're being on trial because they're an artist, the presumption should be that it's fake. And the presumption should be on the prosecutor to prove that I am actually not a character and that my expression was me as the person and not me as the artist. Yep, absolutely. Jaye, I want to get you in here. Yeah, I, I, I can I can agree with that. I think that we're exploring so many different art forms. Like, I think I I wholeheartedly believe that acting in and of itself is a completely different art form. And I think some would disagree. And I, I see you, Attorney <laughs> Stanley. But I just think it, I think that those are two different spaces and narratives. Um, and, and I think that that's a different lane. to. Let to me take go. us into a different lane with a commercial break. We'll be right back. All right. <laughs> Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I'm Tammy Mack. And the Business of Being Black today are rap lyrics. Should they be used against artists in a court of law? Now, lately, especially since the uh, invention of the internet, as I like to call it, and uh, social media, we've heard a lot of conspiracy theories about a lot of different things, right? Um, I mean, Meg Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez. A lot of people think it was a conspiracy to get Tory locked up. So let me ask you, flaws. Let's go here with it. Um, could it be a conspiracy against black men? Because let's be true here. Who holds the purse behind the people who are making the music that is so violent? I mean, a lot of these labels are owned by um, the Jewish community. The Jewish community really does have a stranglehold on hip on, on not just hip hop, but on entertainment, not in a bad way, but just, uh, they invested in a lot of projects early on um, when nobody else was investing in urban music. And, you know, they were able to build some super successful labels. And that's how we are, we are where we are. And when a label doesn't stop an artist from voicing their opinion, that's creative license. But when an artist winds up in trouble, um, if you have some labels that will come to the defense, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Kevin Lyles, the CEO, 
of uh, 300. He spoke at Thug's case. He, he spoke at, at Thug's trial, actually, and spoke on his behalf. So when you have, um, and I know there's been other situations when T.I. was in trouble, Craig Hellman, the CEO and chairman of Atlantic Records, spoke on his behalf. So you do have these labels who understand um, that artists need the ability to say what they feel and express themselves openly and honestly, even if uh, it is damning or even if it is potentially uh, rocking the boat, so to speak. <laughs> and causing waves because artists every day need to be able to say what is happening. And that's part of the issue that's going on. People don't like what's happening. Uh, att uh, attorney Bruce brought up a point about uh, if uh, someone gets arrested or shoots a music video, how easy it is for them to have a felony and potentially go back to jail because they were around other known felons in a music video. All of that seems systematic to me. When I can just, when I can, when you send me back from being arrested for whatever, and you send me back to my neighborhood with limited opportunities, who am I going to be around? And if we're, all, if all the people are felons in that area, who, how am I not going to be around felons? Um, yeah, I, Jay, oh, go ahead, Attorney Bruce. Well, you, you made a good point about who's pulling the strings and who's making the money. And, and, you know, I do know for a fact, I've been approached by many labels because we have the, our, YouTube channel and uh, CLR Bruce Rivers and what they do with some of these labels do is they encourage the the behavior and the and the, uh, the the guns and you know the videos that they make and so there there I think there is you know it's perpetuated by the dollar I mean look look what NBA young boy he's been locked up and he's been uh, you know, or he's in isolation or whatever in Utah. I think he's out of there now, but he, he's been, uh, making some bangers and, and these guys behind him, you know, they, they push that controversial stuff because it wow. sells. Yeah. Um, Jaye, you may be a little too young to know about this, but you know, so am I, my producer sent the information to me. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, there's a very popular song, Bohemian Rhapsody, uh, where Freddie Mercury said, uh, Mama, I just killed a man. Put my gun against his head. Pull the trigger. Now he's dead. Attorney Bruce, I know you know the song. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, so should we convict Freddie Mercury? Uh, may he rest in peace. Um, you know, I, I think it I think it comes back to the start of what like attorney Stanley has said, Floss has said, in terms of if there's evidence around said lyric, if there's evidence around the content being produced, similar to the example that I said with if a QAnon person is is rapping about Jews can't replace us and then they storm to the Capitol on January 6th. I think that we've got to, we, there's some evidence there. And so I can completely subscribe and agree to the fact that there must be evidence and that lyrics should not lead the discussion. But if there is some continuity between the lyric and the act or the accused, then yes, I think rightfully so. It needs to, we need to hold that account. And we need to understand that while yes, we have freedom of speech, we also I think have to be so cognizant to the fact that our speech and our words matter and the things that we do influence and have power and are resonant over fans or consumers or whatever the case may be. And I think that that is really imperative in it is particularly in this climate that we live in right now where words matter more than I think. Yeah, ever. yeah. I, I never, ever. you know, that whole sticks and stones may break yeah. my bones, but words will never hurt me. That does oh, not apply in today's age. Oh, yes. uh, Jaye, uh, talk about Devon, uh, I'm sorry, Davon Entertainment. Yes, uh, Jaye Devon Entertainment is my entertainment uh, company. We do shows, uh, we produce, we do events. Um, and, and one of the productions that we have is Uncomfortable Conversations with the Village, hosted by myself. And what's so similar, Tammy, is we have these conversations that are difficult, that are hard. And I bring people on, and hopefully I have one of you guys on uh, our season three premieres. Uh, you can March. bring me along anytime. Just go yes, ahead and uh, send, shoot me a message. You got yes, me. Uh, 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 Warren, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> Attorney mm -hmm. Stanley, what can you tell us about redefining Esquire and uh, the Brock Foundation? 
Um, I'll start with the Brock Foundation first. Um, so I am the legal advisor to the Brock Foundation. And what we do is we teach black and brown kids to fly planes. Like who doesn't remember when you were a little kid and you would dream that you had wings. And in essence, that's what we're empowering kids to do where at the end of our program, they are introduced to flight. And for some of them going through a high school program, they actually graduate with a private pilot license. And so oh, wow. it's something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, and again, that's the Brock Foundation. Um, and redefining Esquire is it's one part personal, redefining who I am as a lawyer, but really more importantly, redefining how we as the Black community interact with lawyers. That's I think beautiful. that unfortunately, yeah. we only deal with it from a criminal perspective. And my job is to make your dream a reality where you are 100% empowered, both create, creatively and financially. Love so it. Love it. Lack of flaws. Let me get you in here. Talk about this documentary you got going. Uh, well, we're currently uh, executive producing a documentary on Miller London, um, who was uh, pretty much the music industry's Jackie Robinson. Um, yeah. He was the first black salesman that ever happened. He was there at Motown in the very beginning. He worked a lot of those ja uh, Jackson 5 records, Stevie Wonder records, and he went on and broke a lot of barriers for black executives in the business. So we're finishing up his documentary now and uh, working on a lot of great things. Love it. Didn't know, didn't know they were working on a documentary for Miller London. Uh, I think he also had a magazine that he, uh, an industry magazine as well, very popular in the industry. Attorney Bruce, please tell us about your legal services. How can we contact you? www.riverslawyers.com. And I also have a, a YouTube channel where we react to all kinds of stuff. Uh, started out reacting to Drill, and that's my son's creation, Michael Rivers. And we're at uh, CLR Bruce Rivers. Uh, if you look for that on YouTube, we've got about 800,000 subs and growing like crazy. Wow. Wow. 800,000 subscribers, huh? I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Attorney Stanley, Attorney Rivers. Lack of flaws. I appreciate all you do. And Jaye, thank you very much for being on Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. Uh, until next time, everybody, that is all for us. But I have to say, this was a fantastic show. I didn't know where I stood, and I st I'm still not quite sure. Hmm. You're the leader. <laughs> Thanks for having us.